it's Lo. Hi, I'm Haley. And, and we, we are Wrestling Wind Down. On this week's episode, we're covering everything Double or Nothing, which took place May 25th in our hometown of Las Vegas, Nevada. We'll also be covering the very controversial John Moxley interview on Talk is Jericho, as well as our word on the street. So grab your glass of wine. We're going in for the three count. Double or Nothing was amazing. I honestly don't have words to describe it. So we're coming at you with two different points of view. So I was live at Double or Nothing and Haley read about it. Emphasis on read because honestly, like we're college students. We don't have $50 to spend on it. $50 for a pay-per-view is a little excessive. It is, but I honestly might buy it because it was that good. I've been thinking about Double or Nothing since then and AEW and... The first three days after the pay-per-view, I was just in awe of what I had seen. And, you know, I've been to WWE shows before. I've been to NXT. I've been to house shows. I've been to televised shows. But that was just so good. I can't describe it. Like, the wrestling that I saw was nothing like I had ever seen before. I had never seen almost half the things that they did in the ring in many different matches. And the crowd atmosphere, the crowd was sold out. You didn't have to worry about different camera angles because there wasn't people on this side of the arena or that side of the arena. The arena was packed. And there were so many different fans. You had little kids, you had older people, and you had millennials. You had everyone there that they supported AEW. And it was just great to see since AEW, you know, they're just starting out. Obviously, you know, they have good talent and they have – some talent that a lot of people know and they have talent that, you know, both you and I have never heard of before. Right. I mean, this event made history. The fact that this event sold out in four minutes is insane. And like you just said, I'm going to be honest, a lot of these wrestlers I don't know about. Mm-hmm. I haven't been watching wrestling for as long as you, but even you didn't know some of right. these wrestlers, right? A lot of these were independent wrestlers from different organizations all over the world and... I think AEW is doing a great job at getting wrestlers that have made an impact in their individual, you know, states or cities or countries even and bringing them to their roster because we need fresh talent in the world of professional wrestling. I think back to when I first started watching WWE and I knew no one Mm -hmm. and how fast I caught on just because of how amazing I thought it was. Right. So when AEW does start their weekly shows, I think that me and everyone else who isn't sure can really like catch up at that time and you know be as into it as I am into WWE. I'm gonna take you through the experience of like being there and the matches themselves and then we'll kind of get into like your thoughts on it just reading it. So we got there probably like an hour before showtime. The line was so long. It was at MGM Grand Garden Arena. The line was out the door. Like it, it was down the street. It was so long. It almost wrapped around the building. I had never seen a line like that. I I was shocked. Like when I saw that line, I kind of thought of how like WrestleMania is and how they show the videos and it's like a long line of people waiting to get in the arena. That's how I felt. And you saw all different kinds of people there. You saw people that had on WWE shirts. You saw people that had AEW shirts on. And I know everyone has been saying like, this is going to be a war between WWE and AEW, but in that atmosphere, it didn't feel like it. Now, online, it's it's the complete opposite, but we'll get to that. So, 
going in, sitting down. Honestly, I don't think there was a bad seat in the arena. AEW set the ring up different than WWE does because I feel like WWE kind of like it goes down. If you're sitting where I was at a WWE show, you would you probably wouldn't even be able to tell who they were. But you could see so clearly everyone in the ring. You could see everything. And usually WWE doesn't fill one side completely just for right. the camera angles. Mm-hmm. Did they do that at AEW? The whole venue was packed. It was crazy. I've been to concerts and stuff. I've seen the arena packed before, but it was just different because, you know, the ring is set up right in the middle, but it was packed. People came from all over the world for this pay-per-view. And for the StarCast weekend. It was a great show. Cody, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Brandy opened the show up. There was a reference to the revival, which no one caught. I didn't catch while I was there. It was online after, but um, it felt like... It felt at home, and I know that sounds weird because obviously I don't know these people, but it had like this warm feeling because they welcomed you to the show before they went on air, and after the show ended, they thanked you and they told you, are you guys going to keep watching? Like They're invested in their fans, and I feel like that's just so important because with these other organizations, whether it be WWE or it be Impact, they don't listen to their fans. They might get on TV one week and say, we're listening to our fans, and then all the faces win the championship belts, but you have to be consistent in that. You can't just do it one week and expect everyone to love you. You have to keep on doing it and bring the product to the table that the fans want to see. That's why I'm really glad that their ticket prices aren't that expensive. You know, you look at ticket prices for their events now that they're doing. The ones for the Fire Fest went on sale the other day. I looked at it because I thought that I had a budget mm. where I could go and then realize that Sadly, I cannot. So I'm going to try and go to Chicago instead. I would love to. Yes, let's go. Let's drink some wine. Let's have some pizza. I'm there. So I have a question about just the atmosphere. Okay. So thinking back to your first WWE event that you ever went to when you were younger, Mm -hmm. could you compare your excitement at that event to the excitement of the whole arena? Or were they two different experiences? They're two different experiences. I remember two of the events that I went to when I was younger, like my first two events. I went to SmackDown, and I know I went to a house show. And everyone knows that house shows are mostly, like, dead. The atmosphere isn't really lively. It's not like a filmed show where everyone's screaming, everyone has their signs. Like, it's two completely different worlds. In both, I didn't feel the way that I felt at AEW. Like, I felt, like, this feeling inside that I had never felt about professional wrestling before. Like, I was just so excited to see these people that I didn't even know wrestle, and they had these moves that I had never seen before. I can't describe the feeling. Like, I just felt so happy. And there were different surprises throughout the night that really just had me, like, just marking out. Awesome Kong came out, and Awesome Kong is one of the best female wrestlers that I've seen. She is an African-American woman, and... That's where I relate to her at, and she's just so powerful and strong. That's what we need in a woman, and I feel like she's just so bad. She speaks her mind. Like, she does not give and I stand, okay? And obviously, no one expected her to be there, and when she came out, I swear to God, the arena went crazy. She came out during the three-way match with Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Kylie Ray, and no one expected it. I Like, I've never heard the arena go crazy like that. Brandy came out and she was like, well, I need this match to be awesome. And I thought of The Miz because, you know, he's like, I'm awesome. I didn't think of Awesome Kong. When she came out, I even screamed. I was like, oh, my God. It was just so great. And 
she didn't win the match, unfortunately. Britt Baker did, which I think is good as well. But I don't know if you know, she dates Adam Cole. And my whole section the whole time was waiting for her to do like an Adam Cole, baby, or some type of reference to him. She didn't, which, you know, I kind of understand. She deserves her own spotlight. So I know that the wrestling was amazing during this. Mm -hmm. From everything that I saw and everything that I read, they did moves that you don't see on WWE. They did segments that WWE would never. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, how did they make it stand out? The match that really stood out to me was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers. This match, I had seen moves that I had never seen before. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen. And I did not know who the Lucha Brothers were. But, you know, a lot of the fans around me, they know who they are. And they were like, you will not want to, like, get up and go get a snack during this. And I sat there and I was just in awe. And the many moves that they used, they had tributes to people during their match. It was just great. And the other match that really stood out to me was Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Chris had an entrance where he had three different eras of him before he actually came out. And I thought it was interesting because everyone knows who Chris Jericho is. But a lot of people don't know his history. You might know of one era, Chris Jericho, where he wore that big light jacket and came out to the ring. Or you might know the list of Jericho. There's so many different parts of him that if you haven't been watching for that long, you might know one of them or you might know two of them. There's no way that you know all of them. And he definitely doesn't have three. There's way more than that. But I thought that was a really good match. I felt like that was more of just like a traditional wrestling match. They didn't do a lot of jumping around and all that. It was more like just down and dirty. I'm honestly really excited to see the next products of AEW. For the past weeks, we have been talking about Dean Ambrose leaving WWE and where he was going to go. Last week, before Double or Nothing, we weren't sure if we were going to see him at right. Double or Nothing, but he was there. He appeared. I remember you texted me the moment he came out, and I was like, oh my god. Like I was so jealous that I was not there, but you said he ran through the audience. Yes, he pulled a shield-type entrance. He came from the top of the arena, came down to the ring. He ended up on the poker chips with Kenny Omega. It was crazy. He flipped people off, like... Just the freedom of not being in World Wrestling Entertainment, just, it made Dean Ambrose happy. You could tell. I actually read from one of our Twitter followers who was at Double or Nothing, and they said that they went to the bathroom, and by the time they came out, they saw John Moxley by the curtain, like, waiting to go. I peed my pants. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have been freaking out. And the security guard that was with him told him to be quiet and go back to his seat, and he had to hold the secret in. And I actually saw a video the other day of, like, that moment in the the Elite YouTube video. And could you imagine that? Like, could you imagine walking past and you see John Moxley just standing there ready to make his debut when everyone has been trying to figure out what's been going on? No one knows that he's there right. but you. I would be, like, oh I had goosebumps God. just thinking about it. I would be it. shaking. I would go back to my seat. He's here! I would be like, what's wrong? I'd be like, I can't tell you. <laughs> so days after his appearance on Double or Nothing, he went on Talk is Jericho with Chris Jericho and spoke about his WWE experience, which very controversial. He called out WWE a lot, which I was not expecting. But what are your opinions on this podcast? I 100% was expecting him to call out WWE. And I think that Chris Jericho was a great host for this. I was a little bit worried when 
they had put out that Chris Jericho was going to interview him only because I didn't want it to turn into like a WWE segment. That's what I was worried about too. But I think Chris Jericho was a great podcast host because he didn't really bash WWE himself. He kind of was just a listener. And that's a really important part of interviewing someone when you're on a podcast. Mm -hmm. I think John had held that in for so long. And, you know, as he mentioned, he had been there and he wanted to leave for a long time he was really unhappy and I feel like this was his first moment to share and I think he chose a great outlet where else was he gonna go he couldn't go on Jim Ross's show that would be awkward because Jim Ross still has ties to WWE and yeah Dean Ambrose or John Moxley he does too he has Renee still there Mm -hmm. but I feel like he did it in a very classy way he didn't get on there he didn't curse them out he just shared his experiences and he did it in a way where Renee wouldn't get in trouble because they're married which is a whole other thing because I feel like they're two separate people. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen rumors online where WWE supposedly doesn't know what to do with Renee Young. Let her do her f- job that she's that she's been doing for the last couple months. I mean, we talked about this last week. They never made WWE about their relationship. Like right. the other commentators would mention it, but she never did. She never brought up the fact that they were married. They never did relationship type things on the show. So there's no reason WWE should hold anything against her. And I feel like the way that he did it, it's not, there's nothing that was wrong about it. It's not like they can go sue him. He didn't disclose anything that is like personal information. So these bloggers online make me roll my eyes sometimes because I feel like they pull this out of their how do you know Renee is in trouble? Uh, I'm a Renee stan, f- first and foremost. So when y'all come for Renee Young, it, it gets my blood boiling, okay? <laughs> I think a lot of people have given her flack, too, because, you know, he left and they feel like, well, she wouldn't have a job without him. And that's uh, not true. I'm just going to roll my eyes and sip my wine. That is not true, as Haley said. I think there was a lot of moments during this interview that people could take with them i think you know we see a lot of superstars that are so anxious to get out of their wwe contract sasha banks for one luke harper so many superstars that just want to leave and you have this superstar that has left and he's sharing his experiences you wonder what they're still going through but the thing that i'm wondering is there's so many wrestlers on there that are happy with wwe so the fact that he had this bad experience doesn't mean everyone had this bad right, experience. And, right, and we're not saying that. I think what Dean was trying to put across was he is more of a creative director, you would say, and he wants to control his own character. Right. Where, I mean, this is kind of an unpopular opinion, but with any job that you're not going to be able to express yourself fully, you're going to complain. You're not going to be happy. I've quit jobs because I haven't been happy in them. And I could tell pretty much the same story he just told. Right. Just and, yeah. A lot of people, people are going to listen. Yeah. A lot of people said that. I saw a lot of comments that said the same thing you just said. I feel like a lot of the things that they said, it really kind of like made me side eye because you heard him say that he kept waiting for a contract. He kept waiting for a contract and it never came. Like, I feel like they were f-ing with him. Yeah. and. They knew that he didn't really need the money. Mm-hmm. He said that candidly, which I'm glad he said it. A lot of wrestlers, that's why they stay in WWE. They want that big-ass payday. They don't care if they're in catering. They don't care if they're on screen as long as they're getting paid. At the end of the day, of course you want to be on TV, but 
with the capacity of spots that they have in a show, like it's simply impossible to have everyone on the show every week. Right. He said his car was paid off, his house was paid off. His, his... mom's house was paid yeah, off. So Get it. He was saying that there could be no contract that they would give him that right. would make him stay, which I thought was pretty interesting. But I also thought it was funny how he was talking about the Shield farewell event and how he was paid $500. Come on. Crazy. No, hold the phone, hold the wine, hold the phone, hold it all. Okay, five hundred dollars. Think of that. Right. That's bullshit. That they is. brought the whole camera crew for him, and they paid him five hundred. I wonder if it's because he was saying all this stuff, the money, the, okay. the contract. Okay. I don't whatever. think that he came at them like I don't need the money. I'm not like I'm leaving either way. I don't think Dean came at them like that. But it doesn't matter if he came at them like that or not. He should have been paid $500. And a lot of people said, well, it was a house show. They get paid less on house shows. $500 is ridiculous. Come on. I thought it was really interesting, too, that there was a line that they wanted him to say in some type of promo about Roman and his cancer that he wouldn't even repeat on Jericho's show, and he wouldn't even say it on TV. That's dirty. I think Vince McMahon has been in the wrestling field for so long that he just has lost... His filter. His filter, pretty much, yeah. And WWE is more of a family-friendly show than 40 years ago. Right. But still, I think that he wants to make it edgier, and he's just choosing stupid ways to do it. And like John kept saying, he kept making fun of like Vince's voice. He was like, this is good <laughs> He was just like <laughs> mocking Vince the whole time, but not in like a bad way, just in a critiquing way. Do you think this adds on to everyone's belief that this is turning into a quote-unquote war. We saw Cody Rhodes at Double or Nothing. He used a sledgehammer, Triple H's main item of choice or main weapon of choice, and he tore down this Triple H-esque chair before his match with um, Dustin. And people are like, that was the shot, like shots fired. And now you have this interview with John Moxley talking about badly about WWE. Like, do you think this is going to turn into a war? Do you think people are just being dramatic? I think people are just trying to make stuff out of it. Yeah. I do not think it's going to turn into a war. They're two different brands. They're two different wrestlers. Like, most of the wrestlers who are on AEW were never on WWE. There's a lo- I mean, there's a lot of people. I can name a couple people. Yeah, Jim but Ross. not most of them. You have Jim Ross. Cody, Dustin, Brandy, Chris Jericho, Awesome Kong, and then you even have people that have ties to people in WWE. There's a lot of connection with WWE. I don't know. Like, I don't really see there—I don't see a war. I feel like in business, obviously, there's only one number one, and if WWE isn't bringing great quality wrestling to the table and AEW is, it's not a war if one person is giving good product and the other isn't. You can't compare the two. Now, that's not saying that WWE doesn't have good wrestling. Look at NXT. In my humble opinion, I think NXT is the best brand that they have going right now. That's the only brand that could really go up against AEW because they have more authentic style of wrestling. You don't have, like, in my opinion, dry wrestling. I feel like when you tune in to Raw and SmackDown, it's dry. The segments are great. The real good matches that you want to go back and watch for a second or third time are rare. Yeah. It all has to do with the writers and them trying to make Vince McMahon happy. So, I mean, the writers, there's dozens of them, Mm -hmm. but they all know what Vince McMahon likes. And so they're all going to try to impress him and write a certain way. Right. 
And so I think that's why it differs from NXT to Raw and SmackDown. Because Triple H is in charge of NXT. and Right, and Vince McMahon is in charge well, of Well, I think Vince McMahon has some say in NXT. I don't think it's as much as, you know, Raw and SmackDown. But I don't know. I think a lot of people are just, they need something to get their feathers ruffled about. And it, it's going to be AEW versus WWE. Here's what I have to say about that. You can be a fan of both. I'm a fan of both. Mm -hmm. I might not like WWE every single week, but I still support them because I feel like they have great talent there. They just don't know how to utilize it. And I could be a fan of AEW. They put on one hell of a show, and I want to see them do well. But I'm not going to say, I want to see a god more. Just chill out. Watch the programs if you'd like. If you don't want to watch, that's fine. But people online are going back and forth with each other, cussing each other out and stuff. It's not that serious. Relax. It's wrestling. It's not the end of the world. It's right. entertainment. And like John was saying in the interview, how he was worried about going from one corporation to another. Mm -hmm. I mean, WWE has been around for so long right. and AEW just started. So we don't know what AEW is going to be like in 40 years. It could be another WWE. But for now, it seems like a good option for these wrestlers. Mm -hmm. So as long as they keep true to their write your own promos, write your own everything. And I think the reason WWE is so controlling is because they have so many viewers and so many different viewers who are looking for certain dramas and they're trying to keep all the lines correct. And I mean, Bray Wyatt is writing his own stuff right now. Well, I read the other day after listening to the podcast, someone had tweeted about they thought Dean had a lot of creative control in his position in WWE. And I guess Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are the only two superstars that we know of that will go back and say, I'm not saying this shit. They won't say it like that. But right. they'll say, you know, I'm not going to say this. And I think that's really important, but it's really hard because you're working in a big corporation. You've worked your ass off to be here. You've been wrestling for so many years. You've given so much and you've sacrificed a lot and you don't want to come across as disrespectful and be like I'm not saying this for them to look at you sideways but at the same time you have you have to have enough self-respect to say look I'm not saying this and I you know I commend Dean Ambrose for not saying that about Roman Reigns that's his actual friend it mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it was his friend or not it's about dignity and respect for yourself and your company I can only imagine what that line was that he was supposed to say and that he didn't if they would have lost sponsorships for it. Yeah, uh, mm -mm. that's crazy. It is these wrestlers going out week after week, and they want to be respected by the audience. So I think that if WWE does listen to this interview and decides, let's change our creative team and the way that we do it, I think that they should listen to these wrestlers more of what they do and don't want to say. It's their character. It's them going out week after week. And if they're seen in public... They're not thought of by their real name. They're thought of by their character, character name. name. Let's get into our word on the street where a certain superstar brought up AEW on WWE. We were definitely not thinking this would happen. Sami Zayn was put in the electric chair, which is a new segment with Corey Graves. I'm not the biggest fan of Corey Graves just because, you know, he kind of seems like a man hoe and like a pig when he talks about the women on WWE, such as Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. How she was on the cover <laughs> of that magazine, and he was like, ooh, let me get a copy of that. And then even went as far as to post a picture on Instagram of him reading it with, like, these eyes that were... It was an interesting picture. If you haven't seen it, 
go look it's uncomfortable Sammy Zayn was in the electric chair and I don't like this I uh. the audience was asking him questions and he was like why would you ask me that that's dumb you could have asked me about my love life you could have asked me about AEW <gasps> and everyone was so shook I know everyone in the crowd they were just like what the f- just happened so I did a little bit more research people online they think Oh, my God, he went off script. And other people are like, come on, like he didn't go off script. So Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, he chimed in on the Sami Zayn AEW reference and said that Sami was told to mention AEW before time, and he was free to mention it whenever he saw fit. And it was interesting, though. WWE took the AEW reference off their YouTube replay of the segment. It was still on Hulu, though, when I went and checked. They didn't take it off of everywhere, but, I mean, lots of people watch from YouTube, so... I think this was stupid of them, to be completely honest of you. WWE obviously has more viewers than AEW, and someone had tweeted a picture after it was set on Raw, and they're the trend of AEW, and it started out low, and then it spiked up when they set it, and then it slowly went down. That's free advertisement, and that's really stupid. You just advertised for supposedly this company that everyone thinks is the rival company. You just said it on your television show, your most popular television show. You chose to say it on there. Why not just say AEW on main event? Then we know no one's going to watch it. Right. Who would they be advertising to? I just feel like it was stupid on their part. I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to throw a little bit of shade, you know, get their little jab in, but like, it was unnecessary. Why do it on your biggest show? I don't know. I, I don't know how that was cleared. I'm glad Sammy did it, though. He made some news, right? Yeah, Sammy. I feel like he's another character that they just push around and says, like, he says the craziest things that people. But like, like I told you, he's one of the ones where he will go tell them I'm not saying that. And that makes sense that he would say AEW because they probably know, well, he'll say something controversial like he likes to have free reign over his stuff and they probably told him would you say ew and he was like hell yeah it was either him or kevin owens no one else will go out there and say it yeah i wonder like how you said only those two wrestlers kind of have like free reign of as we know that we know yeah i wonder if like these wrestlers that have been there for so long such as aj styles how he just signed his new contract like he doesn't have as many speaking parts as the heels but i'm assuming like he has more reign over what he does compared to Sasha Banks like I'm sure that they just push her around and that's why she's so unhappy I honestly don't know when it comes to that I think of legends like the Undertaker or Goldberg I feel like they can come in there and they can be like I'm not saying that Mm -hmm. because they have so much time in the business and they are legends like they built their character as much as they could but I feel like a lot of them are really flexible and they know the business and they know you have to say some stupid you have to do some super shit. But I feel like they haven't put them in those situations. The only one that I can think of is Brock with that beatbox on the side of his head, which I don't know how that got approved, to be honest with you. You mean the beat Brock? Yes, the beat Brock. <laughs> like, I don't know how that got approved. Maybe he thought it was funny. I mean, his new shirt doesn't have a Jimmy John sponsor on it, so I'm a little bit worried. Do they need a new sponsor? Because <laughs> I'm right Wrestling here. Wrestling wind down? <laughs> I love their sandwiches. Give me a Pepe. <laughs> Another interesting thing that happened online this week are Maria and Mike Kanellis leaving the WWE. According to Maria Kanellis, their contracts are up in three weeks. Just saying. But then she followed it up with, I'm at my gym. I'm calling bullshit. Who says that online? A lot of people, sadly, 
weren't into the whole hype with her, you know, trying to say, like, my contracts are up. Where are we going next? They're like, who cares? No one's looking for you, which is kind of sad because Mm -hmm. when they brought them in, everyone was really excited for them to be in the WWE because they did so well on the indies. And unfortunately, just like a lot of the wrestlers on the WWE roster, they were stuck either in catering or not doing anything. And now they're on 205 Live, and I think they've done a great job at using the space that they have to show their talents. But, you you know, obviously they aren't happy. I mean, I remember a couple weeks ago on 205 Live, like, they were the whole show pretty much. And they did a great job. And, you know, that was kind of the first time that I was really, really introduced to them. And I thought that it was interesting. Yeah, but think about it like you come from these promotions where everyone knows you and everyone is used to seeing you on a main event. And you're main eventing 205 live. You're not main eventing. Yeah, you're not main eventing Monday Night Raw. When you come to WWE from one of these other companies, that's what you expect. I also think of EC3. He came from Impact. He came from the Indies. And he was in WWE before, but he came back. He was on NXT for a hot minute. And then he jumped to the main roster. And now he's in catering too. And I feel bad for these people. They come from these other rosters. And they've made a name for themselves. And then WWE kind of just like, well, I don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. Like, it upsets me because they're so talented and they're putting this talent to no use pretty much. Or they have them on, you know, a dark match or a house show. Like, put them on main event television, okay? Right. If they've already built a name for themselves, then WWE doesn't have much to do. They just put them out there. But if they kind of bury them when they first come to WWE, Mm -hmm. then that's when everything goes downhill and they have to build the character up again, make new storylines, all of it. So it's more work for WWE if they don't take the wrestlers that they accept seriously in the beginning. Well, the only person that I can really think of that they brought back in and did a successful job with is drew mcintyre yeah he was a big deal on smackdown when he first started then he left after he was in the three-man band for a while he did indies he was big on the indies he pretty much grew up and then they brought him back to nxt and now he's on monday night raw and he you know he's thriving but i mean he's with shane mcmahon now and i feel like he they don't fit together no but but he's still on, you know, yeah, a flagship show. Yeah, he's on weekly. So I need to talk to these writers. Cause the shit that I want to have some with, wine with them. Oh, you need more than wine for this. I want to get some wine and then like just drink it all before I meet with them and then be like, what are you doing? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Resting Wine Down. To check out all of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or anywhere else you can listen to your podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCast. That is at WWDCAST. Tweet us, let us know what you think, and we upload episodes every Saturday. Until next time, enjoy your wine, and of course, enjoy your wrestling. Cheers! Cheers.